here we are in the fifth week of Lent, and we have two candles remaining, which means we have one week after this week until Easter, which means we're just about there. And we've been talking for the past five weeks, including this week, about less being more, giving up some things and filling our lives with other things. So we've talked about less guilt, more grace, Less noise, more listening. Less resentment, more contentment. And less consumption, more compassion. So we need less of some things, and we need more of others, right? We need to have less of those things that get in our own way and our relationship with God. And we need more of those things that make us grounded and centered and connected. And so today we're talking about less me, more others. Because sometimes we get in our own way, right? So the word um, that we're connecting with less me and more others is called intercession, which is not a word in your everyday vocabulary, right? Anybody want to give us an idea of what intercession is? Pray for someone else. Praying for someone else. Yes. Any other idea? What does it mean to intercede? Someone said this morning, to go between. To, to stand in for someone else, to, to intercede. And intercession, I think, in a way of um, talking about intercessory prayer, that's like real complicated term. Sometimes I think we think that that means like I fold my hands and I bow my head and I go to a place where I'm quiet so I can pray for someone else, which is a really great thing to do. But I think there's also other ways that we pray for other people, like when... In my life, I find that I pray for other people as I go. I suddenly just have someone's face or name come to me, and I think, okay, I'm going to hold them for a minute, and then I'm going to lift them up to God. Or I have a conversation with someone, and I think, oh, I really need to pray for them. That doesn't always mean that I have the time in that day to say, okay, now I'm going to stop everything else I'm doing, but I can still hold someone in my prayer as I'm doing other things, and I can lift them up to God. Now that is true just as it's true and wonderful that um, this morning I had a colleague that sent Alan and I a message and said, I just want to let you know that I'm praying for Hope Gateway this morning and for you all. And that was an intentional act that he had that wasn't a passing thought. That was a, I am going to let you know that I am praying for you. Which is a beautiful thing. And we have a friend who prays for us every day as she walks from the library to McDonald's to get her lunch. And she stops at the waterfall and she prays for us and our family and for anything else that she's supposed to pray for. And she always says, what should I pray for you at the waterfall? 
and I'm so thankful that she prays for me at the waterfall for whatever is going on in my life. And that's the place, and she has a time, and she sets it aside, and she does it. And that is intercessory prayer. That is intercession. So here we are, two weeks before Easter, and next week is Palm Sunday, or Passion Sunday, and next week we're going to review the whole story of Passion Week. But today we're going to hear just a little bit of it, because the end of Jesus' life, the beginning, is getting closer. Jesus' betrayal and arrest and execution are looming. And this passage that I'm going to read from the Gospel of John in the 13th chapter comes right after Jesus is sitting around with his friends and tells them that... um, Judas is going to betray him, and Judas leaves. And it comes right before Jesus has the conversation with Peter about how he is going to betray him as well. And so this is the time in which those people who are still with him, Jesus wants to say, this is who I am, and this is what you're about. And so um, I'm going to read... In the 13th chapter, I'm actually going to start with verse 31 and go to verse 35. When Judas was gone, Jesus said, Now the human one has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify the human one in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am with you for just a little while longer. You will look for me, but just as I told the Jewish leaders, I also tell you now, where I'm going, you can't come. I give you a new command. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. So when Jesus talks about commandments and love, the disciples know the command, the first commandment about love, for sure, because they've known it all their lives, which is the Shema. Love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, <coughs> with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And Jesus said also, and another commandment, or one like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So when Jesus says, love one another. His disciples are also hearing, love your neighbor as yourself. Because it's two ways of saying the same thing, right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself, or love one another. So it's about shared love. If you love others, 
if you really love them, you love them like you love yourself. And when you love others, you have more love for everyone. You have more love for you, and you have more love for others. And somehow, that love creates less room for me, and more room for others, when I'm focusing on the others. These past few weeks have been a series of joys and crises, and disappointments. And some of them I was personally connected to, and many that were most deeply lived by people that I love. And so therefore, I was connected to them, but they were not my own. And I discovered in the midst of this, again, that being lost in your own pain or joy by yourself is really very different than being connected with other people when you're going through pain or joy. And it's also very different than being connected with somebody else's pain or joy that you're holding for them. And it's remarkably different to feel alone at the center of your own disappointment and struggle And on the other hand, to feel the support of a community, and even more so to be the support for someone else. Because the truth is that every single day is filled with joy and struggle, right? Every day is the day that a long-awaited baby is born. And every day is the day that someone deeply loved dies. And every day someone's life suddenly falls apart. And at the same time, every day is a day that someone's life miraculously, through some unexpected means, (coughs) comes back to That is the truth about every single day. And whatever we're going through individually, someone else is going through something just as deep and real, no matter how joyful or sorrowful it is. And there's the truth in that I have really experienced recently. And I have experienced it within the Hope Gateway community, and I've experienced it within my family and my friends. the world in a beautiful way. And what I have really found the most beautiful in the midst of it all is people's honesty about their own joy and their own pain. People really putting themselves out there and sharing the truth of what they have experienced, even in its rawness. And all this without the expectation that someone's going to solve the problem. But just the idea that we can be with and for one another. 
It honors the truth of the joy before the struggle. Sometimes, I think lots of times, it's really easy to get wrapped up in our own world, right? That we forget the beautiful, awful world that surrounds us. But rediscovering that beautiful, awful world can make a huge difference if we look beyond our own pain or joy and find the secret relief at finding we are not actually the center of the world. No matter how good our lives, how good or bad our lives are, there is a reality beyond us that is just as good or just And there is a sense in which some holding someone else's pain or joy increases our own sense of peace. When we open ourselves to someone else's joy or pain, it increases our own sense of peace. Less of me, more of others. It reminds me of this quote that I've seen posted um, many times, many places, and many, many years. And it's, be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Which is sometimes attributed to Plato, but probably not actually Plato. <laughs> but I think that there's this real deep truth in that, that we, most of all, should be kind. Because you only know your own stuff. Right? You have no idea what anyone else is going through unless they've shared that with you. And there are people who are fighting hard battles every day. And if we're kind, we can be open to actually seeing their own reality. Now, I know that for me, I have a hard time with this. Um, I see it most often embodied when I go to the grocery store because I go on there on a mission. And I have a plan, and I have a timeline, and I'm going in, and I'm going to get my stuff, and I'm going to get out, and I have an urgency. And it is really important. And when I get, you know, to the point where I'm ready to go, then I am the most important person that needs to check out, right? <laughs> like, nobody else might have something actually more urgent that they need, or on the road, or anywhere. You know, our own sense of urgency, even if it's self-created, even if no one's having a baby or, you know, being something eminent and really important, we have our own sense of urgency that kind of overwhelms <coughs> our sense of anybody else's importance. But if we can remember to be kind, because everyone is fighting their own hard battle, then we're open to caring for others more than we care for ourselves. Because we always need to remind ourselves less of me, more of others. Especially when our reality can become so consuming. 
One of my very, very favorite artists is Sarah Groves. She spells her name right, just like me. <laughs> and she, her music is a part of my life on a weekly basis. And this week, I was listening to her album um, about relationships um, called Fireflies and Songs. And she has a song on the album called Different Kinds of Hats. And it's about the authenticity in relationships and how when a relationship is authentic, it brings out the best in both people. And that it takes both people to new places. And it strengthens each person in the relationship. So I'd like to play a little bit of that song for you.
think that's less me and more you, more others. Because when you can be honest with anyone and share with one another who you are, your very self, just like Jesus shared his <coughs> very self, help each other come clean. And that has a kind of meaning that invites, has lots of meaning, lots of ways that we come clean. And it invites all sorts of transformation. But most of all, today I think it means coming clean means less of me and more of others as my focus, where I spend my energy and my time and my angst. To live more selflessly, to give more unconditionally, to let the light of God to shine down to my very inside. Because I've been honest with myself and with you about my own struggles and joys. And at the same time, I've realized that I'm not the only one that struggles and I'm not the only one that has joy. And there's a freedom in that. And there's a peace. my prayer is that I can be open to the pain and the joy of others even more than I am open to my own joy and my own pain because in the light of another's joy or another's pain that joy and pain give way to love Love for ourselves and love for each other. And that love is the way of Jesus to love one another. Amen. We're going to sing a song about carrying each other and about serving one another and loving one another to serve itself.